The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Vending machines all over the place here, Radio Row. Joe and I were hungry. And I am trying to eat as much crap as I can today before I go on a 30-day cleanse. And when we went to the vending machine room, there was a receipt taped to one of the machines saying that this person was owed one dollar. And twenty-five cents. Oh, is buck twenty-five? That's got to be the saddest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to name the person who put the receipt up there. I'm not going to name what department they work in. Traffic. I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm not going to call this person out. But trying to recoup a dollar and twenty-five cents from a vending machine that is wronged you seems like the dumbest thing ever, doesn't it? I mean, to me, it just it just screams, hey, everyone who walks in here, my name is such and such, and I'm cheap as all get out. That's what it says to me. If my wife were to do that, I'd yell at her in public. I'd say, Leanna, really? It's $1.25. You kind of assume the risk when you go to a vending machine, right? There's like a 95% risk, you get what you want, right? There's like a 5% risk, you get something else, or you get nothing at all. You deal with it. There's there's no human being in there that hands you what you want. You hit the buttons, you put your money in, and if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. That's life. You, you don't get to recoup your money. You don't get second chances. You don't get mulligans. In fact, I hate this person for doing this. This might be my hottest take of the day. It might be my hottest take of the day at 5 as opposed to 6.45. I'm telling you, Joe. To me, it just means that you would like to have redos in every part, part of your life. For me, it means that every time something wrong happens to you or someone wrongs you, you need a redo. And that's just not how life works. You don't get mulligans at every corner. And I would hope that our company, or the company of the building we're in at Radio Row, does not give her retribution. Restitution, pardon me. Why does it always happen on Mondays? I can't get words right. What say you, people of Pittsburgh, 412-922-2874? If you leave the note on the vending machine saying that you are owed $1.25, are you a jerk or not a jerk? I'm going to put that up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Joe, jerk or not jerk? Oh, jerk. For sure. What are you doing? And it's like the third person I've seen that has done this year. What? Does the traffic department have all of these receipts? Are they the only people who has them? That's a point. I've never seen that, ever. I've... Ever! I've probably gone to a thousand vending machines in my life. Or at least been around a thousand vending machines. Not once have I seen this. Except for here. And I've seen it three times. And it's a different person every time. That's cheap, man. You, you take your money in your own hands when you use those vending machines. Then how do you prove anyhow that they stole your money? How do you prove it? Can I just stick, can I just stick a post-it note there and write... I'm Adam Crowley, and I'm owed $1.25. Because I might do that every other week. In fact, I think we should do that. That should be how we bit this out, Joe. We should see how much money we get from the vending machine company that we don't really deserve. Because I don't know if that woman deserves that money. 
In fact, I would like to launch a Crowley Show investigation into her and into whether or not she got what she wants. There needs to be a camera in there. And if there was, by the way, it would have shown that I just had a bag of potato chips not come out when I paid for it. So you know what I did? I didn't bitch and moan and find a sticky note and put it on the vending machine and say, you owe me a dollar twenty-five. No, I put in another dollar twenty-five. I assumed the risk for that money, and then I wound up with two bags of chips. You doubled down. I did. And then I gave you the bag, and then after the break I said, screw it, I want my chips back. Maybe that's a bigger jerk move than leaving the note, but hey, I did pay for the chips. I mean, you leave one note a month for $1.25, you're talking about an extra $15 a year return. That's good math by you. That's a meal. That is a meal. What happens if this person goes to a grocery store and they don't like the wrap that they get at, say, John Eagle? Let's say they don't like their wrap they got down there, John Eagle, okay? Do they, do they walk in like they're Kramer and drop this son of a bitch on the counter and say, I'm not eating this. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here. And I, I don't know. like it. I think this is worse than doing that, walking in. The, I, I think the vending machine thing is worse than complaining about Well, because this is a dollar, service. right? This is just a dollar. I've always thought that if you're at a restaurant, like my sister got raw chicken once at Red Lobster. That's, a, that's bad. That's bad. Like, you return that. And then you say, uh, you're going to need to refund our stuff because that's Bush League here. They wound up just giving us all ice cream cones. Like, that's what we wanted. I didn't want ice cream. I don't go to Red Lobster to get ice cream. You shouldn't probably go there for chicken either, but my sister got undercooked chicken. Ice cream, best cure for salmonella. Yes, that's what I've always heard. So that's what you do. There, you say, eh, F you guys. This is awful. You could have killed my kid. If I get something from a grocery store and it's not up to satisfaction, I'm not taking it back. If I don't get what I want out of a vending machine, do I say the F word? Do I punch it? Maybe. Probably. In fact, yes, okay, I do. But I'm not expecting restitution. And nor should she. First of all, why are you out of vending machine, right? You have a craving. You need something, a little something to get you over. It's just not, uh, it's a vending machine is my point, you know? You're in there because you're irresponsible and you're hungry because you haven't fed yourself previously or something. It's a privilege, really. Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. When I was young, I wrote Coca-Cola about the 50 cents I lost in a machine, and they sent me a coupon for a free Sixer. That's kind of smart, though. That's you knowing I'm eight. I got 50 cents. I could buy four baseballs with 50 cents. I know Ed. He's an old guy. Now I get my six-pack of Coca-Cola. Now you sell three of those, you like 10 baseballs. Uh-huh. A little bit different than this. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley live at Radio Row. There's this growing fear amongst those who love football above all else that the NFL is going to turn into this flag football league. That's because you know repeated head trauma causes CTE and concussions can leave you permanently scarred. The league is trying to take as much out of the game as possible to make sure that these things don't happen. If the repeated head trauma doesn't happen, that these concussion-creating hits don't happen anymore. If not for actual player safety, then for the appearance of such. You want to see what football looks like when players pull up and don't murder each other? That's 
the Pro Bowl. Dear sweet Lord, that was awful watch. Anybody watch that? After a few minutes, I didn't. But I did watch enough to realize that if football winds up looking like that one day, then it's all over for America's pastime. That's what NFL supporters are afraid of, and for good reason. I think it would be a long time, obviously, before it got like that. But detractors will say it gets closer to that every single year. That's why the NBA and the XFL are ready to pounce. That's why ratings are down. Not because of kneeling players. Not because of politics. No, ratings are down because people think that the National Football League is going a little bit more soft. And people are afraid that the NFL is going to look like what the Pro Bowl looked like yesterday. That was awful. There's zero effort. Still football, but not the football we love. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. People are tweeting at me that apparently Stan Saverin, good buddy, noon to two right here on ESPN Pittsburgh, is a little upset about the Chief Wahoo logo not being the Indians logo anymore. Come on, Stan. I know that it probably meant something to you back in the day, and there's a nostalgia factor there, and it means baseball, and it doesn't mean anything more than that, but, bro, it means that to someone else. It means to someone else terrible racist things. It's a caricature of what they thought an Indian was like back in 1950 when the damn thing came out. I'm not, as a white person, going to tell someone of an ethnic minority that they can't be offended by something. And yeah, you might think that this is PC culture. Tough. It doesn't hurt anybody to have that removed. It just doesn't. It does hurt people if it's kept around. End of story as far as I'm concerned. 412-922-2874. Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com joining me in 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. He's live in Minneapolis for a Super Bowl. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette wrote earlier on this week, or I suppose late in the weekend, that the Steelers' secondary is not good. And he had league sources say that. But I don't think the secondary is as bad as some people think. Artie Burns was not great in year two. He didn't take a step forward, but I was pleasantly surprised with his year one production, and he's got the talent, so you have to be patient with him. Sean Davis, he was better in year one than he was in year two, but his safety partner played a lot better in year one than year two. Sean Davis is a smart kid. He's someone that I think can have a lot of success around the line of scrimmage, so Steelers fans need to be patient with him too. Those two players will be good in this league. I don't doubt that. I know Burns can do it because I've seen him do it before. I know Sean Davis can do it. I've seen him do it before. A little bit of a sophomore slump for both of those guys. That's reality. That's what happened. Joe Hayden, though, stud this year. And he's a stud when healthy. Steelers will keep him around for year two, and I'd expect similar results. There's nothing really to analyze there. Mike Hilton, he was an average slot corner when you compare him to his peers around the league. Pro football focus, not that they're the be-all, end-all, but they ranked him the 17th best slot corner in the game. That's middle of the pack. 
But his ability to time blitzes, to me, shoots him up that list. He's part of the solution. He's not part of the problem. Cam Sutton, he looked very good when asked to play press man in his only start against the New England Patriots. He's smart. He's good technique. I expect him to create some competition next year for Artie Burns. That can only help the Steelers. With those four corners coming back, and with the subtraction of William Gay, I think the Steelers look pretty good, actually, on the back end. There's one exception, though. One dude. And ask Mike Mitchell. He stinks. Rumor has it he started all season with an injury, and yeah, that is an excuse, but this is now three of four years that he's played all season long with an injury. At one point, at some point, that becomes an issue. At some point, that becomes a problem. You toughing it out, because toughing it out might be good, you think, for the team, because the starter gets to play in the game, but... If you're not 100% or close to it, then what really do you offer to the team? So that can't happen. He's got to be gone. Good on him for toughing it out, but it didn't help the team, that's for sure. He doesn't affect the ball. He can't play center field. And when he came up in run support this season, woof. The Steelers, much like the Pirates, need a center fielder. And that will allow Sean Davis to have a more defined role. And then the trickle down throughout the secondary would be excellent. That's the one guy you got to get rid of, and the Steelers should, and I bet the Steelers will, and I think that will improve their secondary immensely. Up next, Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com going to tell us how cold Minneapolis is and can talk a little bit about that Stiller secondary. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Radio Row, it is the Crowley Show, Dale Lawley in Minneapolis, DKPittsburghSports.com joins us now on the program. What's going on, Dale? What's going on, Adam? How cold is it in Minneapolis? Uh, it's in the teens. That's not bad. not bad. No, it's not bad. I walked, I, I walked over to the Mall of America this morning just is, to uh, get, a, get a lay of the land, you know. Is it and, uh, is it, it colder great, is, is it colder there now than it is that uh, I've stepped on you like six times already in the first thirty <laughs> seconds of this interview? Is it colder there now than it is when we go to Indianapolis for the combine? Because that's always the coldest I am every year. Uh, I would have to say that first year we were in Indianapolis, oh. it is not that cold. There's there's not much of a wind. There's a little bit of a wind, but it's not bad. The, the real problem was the ice. Uh, I was slipping and sliding the whole way over, and I was on the sidewalks. So that was a little treacherous, but that uh, no, wasn't bad. Dale Lawley, Steelers Radio Network, DKPittsburghSports.com. Joining me here on the Crowley Show. So you did check out Radio Row, and you've been to Super Bowls before. How does this compare to other Super Bowls, being in the Mall of America and all that? Well, it's kind of crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, the Mall of America, first of all. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like a mall on um, Barry Bonds-type steroids. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. Uh, it used both the clear and the cream on, <laughs> when they built this place. Uh, it's, I mean, every imaginable store that you could think of in there. Plus, they've got a damn amusement park. It's got its own amusement park inside. 
it's just insane. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the media portion of this thing is all part of it. Uh, the other interesting thing is that both team hotels are connected to the Mall of America. So the, 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 both teams can actually run into each other walking around, walking around at the Mall of America. Uh, it's really kind of an interesting setup. That's wild. When I was out in Indianapolis for the Combine last year, I was getting done setting some things up with Craig, who was with us at the time, and I ran into Bill Belichick. And that's weird, man. I mean, it's just weird with that being the case. And I would assume that stuff like that's probably likely to happen there this week. Yeah, and that happens at every Super Bowl. But, you know, it's kind of stranger because there's so much room here. Um, in previous situations that I've been in, where you know, when you're at the media center, which is usually at a convention center or something like that, you can kind of easily run into a lot of people. This is kind of much more random because there's so much more open space and obviously the stores and everything else that are involved. But, uh, um, you know, it looks like Minneapolis has done a great job with uh, setting this whole thing up. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, is, is the weather going to cooperate? So what are you working on out there, Dale? What's your angle? What are you trying to get after? Well, tonight we have our first uh, access with both teams, so uh, I may try to talk to James Harrison a little bit, see what he has to say about uh, about everything. And, of course, there's there's some other uh, story angles there as well. Uh, um, Tom Donahoe works for the uh, in the Eagles front office. We'll see if I can run into Tom tonight. Uh, but there's some different things you can you can – Certainly try to ferret out here that uh, that uh, involve the Steelers. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I, I wonder what the Patriots' mindset is that they had to play Jacksonville instead of Pittsburgh. I mean, they probably aren't thinking about that at all right now. They're always focused on the next one, as you hear. But uh, I'd be interested to hear what they were thinking at the time. Uh, if if we did have that fly, if we could be that fly on the wall, or we did have that crystal ball to be able to think or hear what they were thinking at the time. Yeah, that would be interesting to see if anybody would actually uh, answer that question. I don't know if they would, um, but certainly uh, you would think that they expected to see the Steelers as well. I know we're not allowed to say that in Pittsburgh because all we are look, you know, looking ahead. Right. Uh, but I bet the Patriots had to be looking ahead, too. They knew that you know, when they won that. You saw the celebrations that they had when they, when they left the field uh, December 17th when they, when they got the win over the Steelers. They were pretty happy. Uh, much more so than just a regular regular season game. Dale Lawley joining us here, DKPittsburghSports.com, live from Minneapolis. Uh, Dale, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was Tom Brady and how he's pissed at WEEI because they were disparaging his five-year-old child. Are these the kind of things that we're just making a big deal because of because it's Super Bowl week? Uh, is this something that's... Not really that big of a deal, but it's become the number one story because it's Brady and because the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. I think it's kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, why would you why would you say that about a, a guy's five year old daughter? I mean, that was just stupid. Um, I, that guy. I mean, he was suspended. He, he should be suspended indefinitely. He should be fired. I mean, if you're Weei and you've got access to Tom Brady, you're you're hosting the, the Tom Brady show. I mean, think about it this way. How long would I stay employed if I said that about Stephon Tewitt's son? Well, he'd probably wouldn't punch be, you right in the mouth. Well, yeah, he'd kill me, first of all. And secondly, I wouldn't do it. But, but third, I mean, I wouldn't stay employed. I mean, that's just silly. I mean, what, what, what honestly could have been going through that guy's mind? And why, why would a five-year-old girl even elicit those kind of thoughts from you? 
I, I don't I don't get that. I mean, it's, it's it's somebody's daughter. I mean, geez, she's five. She's cute. I mean, I, you know, she she's got good genes for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> she can't be an ugly little kid. I, I just it's just beyond my belief to me that that. that he could be that dumb. Okay, so I did not think that that was the stance you were going to take. Uh, usually, <laughs> you, usually you're one of the guys like, yeah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But this is this is part of this this is part of the thing that's interesting to me, Dale. I don't have kids. I think it's stupid. I think the guy should have been reprimanded. Uh, I, I think Tom Brady's reaction is totally the the reaction that you would expect from a father. But I, I guess I didn't see why it was that offensive. But the more I think about it is, why are you bringing up a five-year-old girl? And professional athletes, I mean, they sign up for this kind of stuff. They sign right. up to be critiqued. But it's a, it's a kid. I, I never thought of a kid as an annoying little pissant. You're right about that. Yeah, I mean, they're kids. They, that's how kids are. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're just they're, they're cute kids. You know, I would never say that about somebody's five-year-old daughter. God sakes, I mean, that's just silly. You think it's a hot take radio problem, or you think this guy's just an idiot? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I just don't know what he was thinking when he made that statement, but I can, I've, never, I don't even, I've never heard of him. I don't know. But I can, I can only assume that since he's in the Boston media, he must be an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just ipso facto. Um, and, and based on what he did, he, he is an idiot. So there's that. Dale Lawley joining me here at DKPittsburghSports.com. He's live in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. Is this something that you would have advised Tom Brady to maybe deal with after the Super Bowl, or is this something that now on that level it doesn't matter if he's going to if he's gonna rip these guys or walk away from a radio show? No, I mean, if somebody insults your child, you you just you got to react then. You can't. That's not something you can sit on. I mean, that's just, that's just dumb. I, I just, again, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know what the guy was trying to, whether he thought he was being funny. I mean, nobody's going to think that's funny. That's probably what I think it is. Uh, he probably thought he was making a joke, and we had the audio before. It's, it wasn't funny, and he kind of tried to shoehorn it into the conversation. And it sounds like this guy's kind of just a part-time dude anyhow. Like he's going to be looking for work probably, especially given that, Hey, they had a they had an exclusive deal with Tom Brady. Now they might have lost that deal. I wonder, Dale, what would have happened if someone on that station across the street would have said this about Ben Roethlisberger's child, and what Ron Cook would have done to Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> on the radio. Because Joe, do we have the audio from the from the first segment where they had Brady on and? They almost bend over backwards, Dale, trying to explain away that it wasn't either of them having said what was said. And I feel like Ron Cook would have been worse than this. Let's take a listen. Stay kid told me that someone had made a comment about my daughter. Or something yes, like that. yeah, Tom, um, we were just talking about it. it was Alex Reamer, and you are you can uh, we Jerry and I talked about it Friday. It was a stupid thing to say. We destroyed him for saying it. You, you can say whatever you like. Go ahead. Well, I think that. I've tried to come on this show for many years with and showed you guys a lot of respect. I've always tried to come on and, you know, do a good job for you guys. So, you know, it's very disappointing when you hear that, certainly with my daughter or any child. You know, they certainly don't deserve that. So, oh, no, no, Tom, uh, no, no, no question. Yeah, and I so said, Jerry, Jerry and I yeah. talked about it on Tom, Friday. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. It was another guy who said it. Not he us. should be. There are certain things I think you understand. 
as a professional athlete, you're going to be criticized for what you do or on or off the field as an individual. But for a kid to be criticized is is unbelievably stupid. There's there's no defense for it. Yeah. So I'll obviously evaluate whether I want to come on this show again. So I, I really don't have much to say this morning. That's fine. Um, I understand. Um, That's totally fine. I will. Uh, maybe I'll speak with you guys uh, some other time. Absolutely fine. We understand. All right, Tom. Thanks. You too. Would Ron Cook be crying, Dale, if that happened to him? Ron Cook would probably put out a hit on the guy who said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke. I, I like Ron, but, you know. <laughs> Benz is, uh, yeah, Benz I, 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 boy, I mean, man. I can understand Brady's angst there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dale joining us here, of course, Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, DKPittsburghSports.com. Turning the page to the Super Bowl a little bit, Dale, at least the people who are there. Uh, have you noticed any obnoxious behavior from Patriots fans or Eagles fans? I couldn't think of two more obnoxious fan bases that you could put in one place. Yeah, yeah I haven't noticed anything yet. There's not a lot of fans here yet, so, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Well, on that note, the fact that it's so cold... What's your personal opinion on the Super Bowl being held in a place like Minneapolis or Detroit? It's a fan event, uh, as much as it is anything else, as much as it's a football game. Uh, I would imagine people who want to see their teams play will still go, but maybe we won't see people arrive as early as they would have in the past. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I mean, you know, but honestly, you've got two cold-weather cities. Uh, it's not like you know, the, the people in, in New England and Philadelphia aren't used to the cold. Uh, so I think they'll still come. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just different. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of having Super Bowls in cold weather cities. Um, but, you know, the, the league's going to have them where the league's going to have them, where they, where they get new stadiums and they have enough uh, hotels. I mean, you know, Art Rooney uh, II has, has talked about trying to get one in Pittsburgh, and I think the the biggest issue there is, is you know, are there enough hotels to, to pull it off in Pittsburgh? Probably not. Um, you know, it is what it is. Dale Lawley joining me here. Last couple of things for you, Dale. Now flipping back to the Steelers. In the last segment, we talked about the Steelers' secondary. Uh, that's something that a couple of people have been writing about over the last couple of days, and I feel like the Steelers' secondary is actually undervalued. Uh, I think that they've got a weak link right now in Mike Mitchell, a guy that I've stuck up for in the past, but I don't think he played well. I know he was banged up. I think that's the guy that is replaceable, probably William Gay too, but the rest of the players that they have that are going to make up the secondary next year, uh, I have to think they're going to continue to grow, and I actually like the pieces that they've got there. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think the people who are mocking them taking a... Uh a cornerback in the first round are about as right as the weatherman in Pittsburgh. I mean, it just, it's just not going to be correct. Um, they're, they're taking an inside linebacker. I think the Steelers are pretty happy with what they have there. I think they're happy with Cameron Sutton, the guy they took in yeah. the third round last year. I mean, there, there's, there's, they've got cornerbacks under contract for next year. They're not going to bring in another cornerback. You know, they, they drafted Brian Allen last year and they like his progress. You know, it, it, there's, they've got, they've got talent at cornerback and, and I think people are underselling Artie Burns' year. Did he have a great year? No, uh, but he's a second-year cornerback. I think he's getting better. I think he made some plays this year that, that uh, you know, people, uh, you know, it, that the toughest position, I think, in, in football, uh, second to, to, to quarterback, is the cornerback position. Because you could, you could play great. Uh, Artie Burns played a very good game. 
for you know most of that AFC uh, divisional round game. He gave up one big play, and everybody says, "Oh, he had a horrible game." Uh, he didn't. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's you know it, it's a tough position to play. That's why you have to have a short memory, and uh, it's it's just they're they are not concerned at all about their secondary, at least not the cornerbacks. Is Mike Mitchell back next year? I don't think that he will be. Okay. Again, I say I say that, and things can change. Sure. Um, you know, he could, they could say, "Hey, we're going to bring him back." He could take a pay cut, and they bring him back as a, you know, kind of the placeholder um, to wh- whatever rookie they draft. But I think, to me, I think you address that position in uh, in free agency. You go out and get a playmaker at that position. You don't, you know, not having Ryan Shazier there. You need somebody up the middle who's going to make plays. Uh, and, and quite frankly, Mike Mitchell, he'd probably be the first to tell you, didn't make any plays this year. Um, he had two pass defenses. Uh, it's just, that's just not enough from that position. And William Gale, more than likely be gone, yes. Yeah, I would think that uh, William Gale retires and uh, gets on with his life's work as he uses Chuck Nolism. And uh, so, you know, it just opens up again a, a spot for Cameron Sutton. It opens up spots for Brian Allen. So, you know, they've got guys waiting in the wings here. Where's Dale Lolly drinking tonight? Uh, I don't know that I am tonight. Tonight's a big media day thing. You know, you get the uh, we're going late into the night talking to the uh, Patriots and Eagles on their first day here. Is this is this the what they've changed now? Because uh, it yeah. used to be Tuesday was media day, it used right? To be Tuesday, yeah. It and used that, to be Tuesday. Now they don't even call it media day anymore. It's called something else. I don't can't even remember what it's, it's called. It's a prime but, uh, time event, baby. Hell yeah! It is. Yeah, I can't wait. This is my least favorite event of the Super Bowl. Are any of the other uh, any other jag off Pittsburgh media out there? You know, I was over there t- today and I didn't see anybody. So I, I, I assume that uh, the Post Gazette has somebody here. I assume it's you know Ed's here. Uh, outside of that, I don't know. All right, dude. Well, keep kicking ass. You'll be our dude on record out there in Minneapolis, man. Uh, have fun at the Mall of America. Get me an Annie Ann's pretzel. All right. Okay, your dog's a piss ant, by the way. No, you're a piss ant, Dale. Your dog. <laughs> you don't have a dog. You have a cat, though. You have two cats, don't see? you? See how you react to that? Oh, you got me. Goodbye. Bye. Dale Lolly, DKPittsburghSports.com, Steelers Radio Network. I'm live on Radio Row. I'm a lot warmer, though, than anybody else. I, I don't know about today's show. I was all energized to get pierced, and then I didn't get pierced, and it's not Dale's fault, but my energy level's lacking because I, I had all kind of endorphins ready to rock, ready to numb my stomach, and it's just a regular old show. Coming up next, we talk about racism in sports. Yeah, that's right. No more fun. We talk racism. It's the Crowley Show. Not only is the piercing not happening today, but we can't find Brian. Brian had a neurologist appointment at 4 o'clock. Actually, no, it was at 3. And it's now almost 6, and we haven't heard back from him. That can't be good. He did not reply to my text. And he was supposed to set up the piercer. Is that what I'd call him, Joe? A piercer? Yeah, he was supposed to set up the piercer, and, well, that fell through. We're going to have to do it on Wednesday at 6. Man, if it doesn't work out on Wednesday, are we just going to do it ourselves? Like, you can't keep the people waiting. You can't keep the people wanting. You can't keep the people on the toes. You got to give them what they want. So it's happening at Wednesday, on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. No matter what goes down in the interim, 
If Brian's dead, we probably won't be doing shows the next couple of days. Just heads up there. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Cleveland Indians are axing Chief Wahoo in 2019. And this has got a lot of white people all pissed off. A lot of middle-aged white people are saying, Why? Why? Why we got to get rid of Wahoo? Well, because it's racist AF, man. I mean, it's a beaming Indian who's red-faced. It's offensive to Native Americans. You want to know how I know that? Because they've said so. They've said they don't want to be depicted as a caricature like that. That's why blackface, guess what, doesn't fly. It's the same damn thing. And who would I be, a white guy, to tell them they can't be offended? I'm so sick of this country of having us, the people who speak out for the people who are offended, be called soft. But the people who are offended by the people who are offended, those are the real tough people. Those Trumpsters out there, those are the people who are the real tough ones, right? Well, no, not really. Donald Trump has about the thinnest skin of any president we've ever seen. He's consistently pushing back against the media, consistently pushing back against anybody saying anything derogatory towards him. He complains consistently. So do his followers. War on Christmas. Just being one of the things that they complain about. So it's not really about having thin skin. It's not really about being soft. It's not about being a snowflake. No, what this is about is being decent to people who don't want to have this racial logo have people misconstrue what they're all about. You know, Native Americans don't want to be put in a box. They don't want to be stereotyped. Neither do women. Neither do anybody. Neither does anybody in a minority. So me, the white guy, it's not my place to say you shouldn't be offended. Is it my place to tell black people that the N-word shouldn't offend them? No. It's not my place to tell them you can't be offended by Chief Wahoo. It's not yours either. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What, what, what makes me even more angry is that Major League Baseball is like, well, 2018, it's fine. Major League Baseball is like, this is unacceptable. We can't have this. We cannot use the logo. It is derogatory and it is offensive, but it is going to continue to be derogatory and offensive until 2019. I mean, Major League Baseball, when you're going to get rid of something, just get rid of it. There's no reason to grandfather it out. Just say goodbye. They've slowly begun grandfathering it out anyhow. When they were in the World Series a couple of years ago, they announced they weren't going to wear that logo on the field. They were only going to wear the big old C on the hat. The box C. The C box. What do they call it? The bold C. I don't know. Whatever. They were going to wear that C. And people were pissed about that then. A couple years before that, the Indians determined they weren't going to use this as their primary logo, that they were going to wear the C more often, and this was going to be the alternate logo. People were pissed about that then. Just one fell swoop. What Major League Baseball and the Indians have done here is they've given the people who are offended by the people being offended, they've given them an opportunity to bitch not once, not twice, but three times. 
They should have given him one opportunity to bitch. Get rid of it. And you know what? This same goes for the Washington Redskins, too. Get them the hell out. The only people that this hurts are Redskins fans and Indians fans. And guess what? You'll still get to watch your football and baseball teams. You'll get over it. But for Native Americans who have to watch their teams play, these teams play, it's a reminder that they don't get the respect that they feel like they should deserve and that they do rightfully deserve. But here's a little bit about what I'm talking about, about the white people being offended. Because how dare somebody be offended about what amounts to a racial slur and logo form. Derek posts on our Facebook page, The Indians have had the Chief Wahoo since 1947. The Indians were named after Louis Sokalexis, an Indian who played for the Cleveland Naps in the early 1900s. It's a sense of pride and honor, not racism, and degrading a people. Stand with us and show our home team and Governor John R. Kasich that we will fight to protect our team logo and not to phase out Chief Wahoo. Hashtag save the chief. That right there is the definition of privilege. When you wake up every morning, you don't have to worry about racial epithets being thrown your way. When you wake up in the morning, you don't have to worry about racism. You wake up in the morning and you've woken up in a different America than these people have woken up in. You've woken up in a different America than the Native Americans have awoken in. You're worried about losing a logo. They're worried about being stereotyped. That is privilege. I realize you want something to worry about, but maybe worry about something bigger. Maybe worry about something with more stakes. You're going to lose a logo. Your baseball team's still going to be pretty darn good this season. Do you think any less people are going to go to the games because they take the Chief Wahoo logo away next year? No, because that would be stupid. Also, I love when people say, well, it happened 55, 60, 70 years ago, so if it happened then, why not just stick with it? Yeah, right. Let's in keep with the racist tradition. You know what? Why don't we bring back the Jim Crow laws as well? That sounds good. Hey, we had them forever. We had them for a while. Why not just keep them around? Give me a break. Larry tweets, The last eight years turned this country into a bunch of beep. The word begins with a P. You know what I'm talking about. People. the bad word for cat, Joe. Feline? No, it's the bad word for cat. Not the F word for cat. It's the bad word for cat. It's like wussies with the P. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. No matter. I love that rationale. You see, black people kneel during the national anthem because they hate racism. White middle America stands up and screams, you can't do that to our troops. So one side is worried about actual racism that affects their day-to-day life, and everyone else who's bitching and moaning is worried about a piece of cloth. In this instance, you've got Native Americans who are worried about being stereotyped. In the other side, weighing at 5'10", with the mullet and the bandana on their head, come the people screaming off the top rung, saying, well... You're so easily offended. Why can't we just have things the way we always want our things? We've always had it. Why can't we continue to have it? Stan Saverin, friend of mine, 
quality radio host, mentor of sorts for me. He was defending the Indians keeping Chief Wahoo as a logo earlier on in the day, and that's because he's an Indians fan. And, yeah, it does give you feelings of nostalgia, but it's either you feel nostalgic or people feel like they belong. And people feel like they don't have to get stereotyped. You can still watch the Indians be successful and care about the Indians and maybe lose a little sense of nostalgia if it's for the benefit of other people. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Sal tweets, Do take your liberal biased agenda and go preach it to somebody else. Here's the thing, pal. Don't listen to the freaking show. You're not my kind of guy anyhow. This has nothing to do with being a liberal. This has everything to do with being decent. It doesn't affect you if Chief Wahoo's gone. End of discussion. You'll be fine. You'll wake up tomorrow the same way. Native Americans feel like this puts them in a bad light. Native Americans feel like this continues to further a stereotype that they wish that they didn't have to deal with. So give them what they want. If you want to wear the damn racist logo, wear the damn racist logo. But the team won't be. Jackass. Sal tweets, same guy. So I guess that means the Kansas City Chiefs have to change their name and the Washington Redskins will have to change their name just so we can appease a small memorial people who all of a sudden are all funded. You can't spell. You're a dumbass, Sal. You don't know how to make a salient point. You don't know how to use grammar. So stay the F off my radio show. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Sal continues on where he says, It's not... <laughs> this is great. This just tells you who you're dealing with, though, you're right. It's not a... I'm just going to read this verbatim. It's not a wall. It's not about white privilege, Adam. It's about setting a precedent that every time a group of people feel like they want to whine and bitch and complain, we have to jump when they say, Joe. Sal, you're hammered in the middle of the day, so that tells me a little bit about you, pal. But you come from the same group of people who bitches and moans about us not saying Merry Christmas. About Happy Holidays being a phrase that's used. Enough. It doesn't affect the baseball team. It doesn't affect the city. It doesn't affect anything. It affects nostalgia. And I'm sorry, I'm not protecting your nostalgia if you're an Indians fan at the cost of people who get upset when a racial stereotype is furthered along. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Devin in Pittsburgh. Hello, Devin. How you doing, buddy? Good, Val. I just wanted to say one thing and uh, wonder what you thought about it. Uh, uh, the definition of privilege to me is uh, one race using their privilege is a race using their race as an elevator while complaining others use it as a crutch. It's a good definition to me. It, it, elevator up because how, if we, it's just like people who are always saying, why are you always saying that? Because it's true, so we need to talk about it so that we don't have to say it anymore. But when someone brings up something and then you don't want to talk about it, how is it ever going to go away? 
Well, the thing that always pisses me off, Devin, is that they say, well, it's been this way since 1947. Okay, we've come a long way and we've learned a lot in that time period. Why can't we change? Why can't we be smarter? Why can't we be a little bit more sensitive to people who want to be on a level playing field? Hell, Native Americans in this country, they've got to deal with a hell of a lot. Uh, African Americans in this country have to deal with a hell of a lot. Uh, There's socioeconomic problems that are dealt with in this country every single day, but the racial divide's uh, certainly a big problem. Why not try to close that gap as much as possible? Why not try to put everyone on an even playing field? Whenever Bomani Jones wore the T-shirt that said the Cleveland Caucasians, people were pissed the F off. Why? Why are those people pissed now? Uh, it's just, it's, to me, it's, it's a bunch of white people screaming, well, we don't need to change this. It's not offensive. Well, people, it's not for you to determine whether it's offensive or not. That's the reality. Can I say one thing? Yes. Uh, the reason why we'll never win, Dave Chappelle said this, the reason why we'll never win or we'll with China is because everybody in America is racist and everybody in China is Chinese. All right, brother, have a good one. You the man, Devin. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I just had someone follow me so they could attack this Sal guy on Twitter, and this isn't what I'm all about. I don't want to see people attacking each other left and right because that just does work, uh, widen that divide. But I'm going to read this out loud. Well, Sal, you're an idiot. I'm sorry that a racist symbol being eradicated offends you. Hey, should we make the Steelers the Pittsburgh Darkies? You idiotic prick. Wonder what Sal's got to say to that. Ed tweets, great job, Adam. Let's remember those very stereotypes justified genocide. Yep. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Enough of the preaching from this liberal snowflake, though, and we'll get to hockey next with Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Then we talk about the asteroid that could hit us during the Super Bowl with Seth Shistek. Shostek. Whatever, he's an aerospace dude. It's a Crowley show.